Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about equipping and inspiring you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham is going to join us as we have a conversation with Deanna Hevelin. Deanna is the one of the leaders of She Leads Consulting, and she helps women in small business as well as women in management and leadership positions find out where their weaknesses are, where their strengths are, and to work on the growth of their organizations rather than being stuck in the rut of in being in the business. So she's going to share with us the experiences that they've had, how they've helped people, the common pitfalls that people face with their, their business finances, with their business structures, with hiring, with firing. If you've come across any of those issues in your business career or your leadership career, this is an episode you don't want to miss. So sit back and relax, or if you're driving, stay alert and keep your head on a swivel as we begin this interview right now. Here we go. All right, Brandon, welcome back to your own show. I hope you've been doing well. I've been great, as always. I'm amazing. Now, we gave you a challenge. We gave you like the shortest cord ever for your headset. Um, Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try not to break anything. Now, if you don't know, uh, he used to have a a headset with like a six-foot cord, but now he's on his earbuds, which have like a four-foot cord. I don't even think it's four uh, feet. It's like... Yeah, and you give that to a guy who loves to fidget and move around, and it's someday I'll get a wireless yeah. headset. So if you're in the CIA, I just gave you some tips on how to interrogate folks. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading a book about Operation Iraqi Freedom. So ah. yeah, all the things they've done wrong. I'm like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Good. Uh, now I understand why we did that and why we didn't do that. Okay, that's not important though. Uh, we do have with us Diana, uh, which is a friend of yours, I believe. Yes. And she's going to talk with us about a really cool. Uh, consulting firm that she is a part of actually runs and but before we do that Deanna hi hi everyone <laughs> thanks for having me I'm super excited to be here awesome it's good to have you and uh, we already give you a heads up we like to kick off with an icebreaker and uh, we did retire the Renee Zellweger question uh, but but we still don't have an episode where her name hasn't been used I think so no I've, I still fit Renee Zellweger into every show uh, for Brandon with air quotes there uh, but still in there I did come across an ad by the way for uh, the movie Cold Mountain and Renee was in the picture. And, oh, okay. and then the other lady from Australia, I forgot her name, but Nicole Kidman. Yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she wasn't the star, right? It was Renee. I think it was Renee. Yeah. I think at the time, Renee was a little bigger than Nicole. So. Yeah. See? So, I mean, in my book, Renee, I mean, in your book, in your book, Renee Zellweger was the star. So, all right. Uh, but I'm also on this new campaign here. Uh, you may have heard that Brandon got blocked by Rob Lowe on Twitter way back when uh, by a bot. So maybe not the real Rob Lowe, but. I'm Somebody hopeful it was the real Rob. Yeah, yeah. He has a personal vendetta yeah. against me. And then he just hit I probably the stole a girlfriend from him in college or something. Who yeah. knows? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. You never know. So uh, we heard last week from a friend of ours, uh, uh, Tim Lewis. Uh, and the question to him was if uh, Brandon somehow convinced Rob Lowe to sit down and have a, a tea time with Brandon, what tea would he go with? And uh, the recommendation was maybe a Earl Grey, was it? I think so. Or an English breakfast tea, one of those. Something basic and, and simple. Uh, We're from Texas. It's either unsweet or sweet. Yeah. So. yeah. So. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel about tea. <laughs> so I thought I would deepen Brandon's uh, knowledge on tea there. So if Brandon did get tea time or some coffee time with Rob Lowe, uh, what 
would you recommend the two of them get as a side, like a pastry or a sandwich or kolache <laughs> or something to go with the coffee or the tea? So because we are in South Texas, I feel like you would have to get like some sort of meat and cheese kolache from right. somewhere up near New Braunfels, out in go. West Texas, West, the city named Texas <laughs> yeah, the city. on your oh. way to Dallas. They're the oh, best kolaches in the that I've ever had. Um, Absolutely. There's like this little German settlement there. So oh. I think that would really impress Rob. I oh, think it would keep you, you on his good Twitter side. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You Come might on, get Rob. unlocked for that. So, Rob Lowe, if you're listening, <laughs> um, you've got a coffee time slash tea time with with Brandon on Brandon, and he'll even you know pay for the the kolaches. Actually, you know what's really good too is S and J's out there in Cal Allen. Mm, They're yes, really good. They are really good. Really? Yeah. Road trip. So if he wants to just fly trip. into Corpus, see, we can, we can do that. Well, you two carry on with this conversation. I'll head up to Cal Allen. I'll be right back in two <laughs> hours. It's going to say they're probably sold out by now. Everybody <laughs> goes early. Ah, man. Oh, well. All right. So we didn't, you know, just bring Deanna on to give us advice about how to reconnect you with Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and tell us all about uh, what is so cool about what Deanna's doing? Next week, I'll start my dedicated to Rob Lowe podcast and, <laughs> and we'll blow that up. That would know. be cool. Well, I've, I've been. St- I've been stalking slash following, uh, Deanna for, for a while now. She's, she's one of these people. Uh, she's the daughter of one of my other favorite people. Her mom, uh, used to work with me and, uh, I used to work for her. She, she's an awesome lady that's accomplished a, a great deal. So it's no, uh, big surprise that her daughter's done some amazing stuff too. But once I became friends with her, we, we started talking about food. That's kind of my passion. Obviously, I talk a lot about food because I like to eat all the time, but that turned into a few other things that, uh, just learning about her and things that she's doing. And we were talking about this, uh, business that she started called She Leads. And what she's trying to do is to help women own business, not just women own business, but she picked a name to exclude the rest of us, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> On, on how they can become better business owners and, and have more life balance. So talk to us a little bit about what kind of brought that about. What made you think of that type business to start? Sure. Okay. So obviously I'm a female. Um, so, <laughs> and I am also a business owner. Um, and I, whenever I first started my first business, um, it was an online women's retail boutique. Um, and I, I wanted to do that kind of to give myself some time freedom. Um, we had just moved back to Corpus. We had two really small kids. Um, and we were in a situation where we had left corporate jobs, um, that were really busy and fulfilling and, um, financially blessed us, but we just did not want to continue living a life where we were seeing our kids for an hour every single night. Um, (laughs) and one of our options was I could stop doing something like that and Keith, my husband, um, could stay on. And that didn't really feel great to us either. Um, and I know that a lot of families do that and it works really well. And we were just, um, really hoping for more time freedom really and more flexibility. Um, so I started that business and, really just kind of jumped in. So I have a business background. I went to business school. Um, and I, my first job out of college was actually working with small business owners. And so I was fortunate enough that I really had already seen a lot of pain points that these small business owners had gone through. Um, and so I felt like I had a pretty good foundation to be able to start a business on my own. Um, and so I started that. Um, and I quickly realized that there aren't a lot of resources out there for once you are in business. You know, right. um, I, I've talked to Brandon about the Small Business Association that's 
in almost every city now. I mean, they offer you a lot of resources on getting started. But once you're in, what do we do (laughs) as small business owners? You know, how do we make sure that our business is scalable? How do we make sure it's profitable? Um, How do we know when to hire somebody, when to double down on our investment, things like that. There's not a lot of resources for that. Um, so that's kind of where the whole She Leads idea came from, um, was just developing these tools for myself and then realizing there's a whole community of people. You know, 90% of businesses in America are small businesses. Um, right. And a lot of them are owned by people that don't have business backgrounds. So right. let's just give – let's have an opportunity to have these discussions about just best practices and give them real tools to help in their businesses. I think that's a great idea because a lot of the people, like you said, once you're in the business, you're thought to be the expert. Well, you're right. the business owner, so obviously you know everything there is to know about HR and accounting right. and you know how to hire and fire and interview and all this stuff. Just because you're the owner gives you the power, but maybe you have zero knowledge. And I know we were talking before we started about doctors are, are very – kind of the best test case are doctors. They're brilliant, but they have zero idea how to run a business. And so they need those kind of resources. And I think what you've done is kind of gone that step beyond small business kind of startup knowledge and and built a community where people can communicate with each other because a lot of it is done online, but then you also do some in-person consulting, coaching. You called it something and I'm, I'm blanking uh, on the it, name. So we call it the She Leads Inner Circle. Inner Circle. Um, and so there is a lot of it is done virtually, um, which because a lot of our clients are just physically not in close proximity to us. Um, a lot of it though is done face-to-face, in-person. Um, some things... You just have to see how a business physically works because as I'm sure you guys know, it's one thing for you as a business owner to believe that this is how something gets done. <laughs> and it's a totally different thing to physically see, oh, this is really how it gets done now that you've turned it over to someone else or now that you've just actually walked through the process. Um, and so we do like to do on-site visits with our clients to really right. see what's what's the real deal, not what's the best case scenario because <laughs> – I, you know, most of my clients are at least knowledgeable enough to know what the best case scenario should be. It's right. implementing that where that gets lost. And it's always good to have somebody from the outside because you can walk in the room as, as, as a nobody of no, no consequence, so to speak. I, I have this conversation with, with our president a lot. It's like, you can never be not the president. Whatever conversation you're in, you're the guy. And so even a goofing around conversation is taken at a different level. But you get to come in and give some fresh eyes to what maybe they see every day. But for you, you may be in there 30 seconds and and start to see things like that that you could change. Exactly. And so I'm nodding emphatically because that's exactly (laughs) what I tell people is um, one of the great things for me as just a consultant who wants the best for your company but isn't emotionally tied to it is that we can see inefficiencies and we can see you know, just very basic. We need to move this display. You know, we need to have more um, add-on items at the register just because you walk in and I'm talking mostly about our retail clients, but you know, you walk into your store every single day. It's um, a leadership lady that I took a class from on strengths finders um, one time said that in three days, you're used to something. So if you have a trash can in your office, every three days you should move it because that's some, that's a new part of your brain that's having to wow. think and, you know, keeping your mind active. So 
If you have a retail location that you've been in for more than three days, you're already not seeing things that right. a customer who walks in for the first time is going to see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go home and start moving the trash can around anyway. <laughs> just, just because. Just get yeah, your wife so bought true. in on that first. Nope. I don't yeah, exactly. want to be the reason for marital strife. <laughs> she told me I could do it. Who who told you that? Yeah. We still don't have the authority at home to be moving things, so that's okay. What's something that maybe you give people the ability to see outside of it because they've just always done it? Right. So one of the things that my grandmother talks about as being part of a a big organization was the absolute worst thing you can do is give somebody a promotion just because of tenure, because they're the longest, you know, they're the longest person being there um, because it's just something we're used to. And so um, a lot of my clients don't work with union contracts or anything like that. So in that, obviously this is different, Um, but, and it's, that goes to the, We've always done it this way. Um, right. That's it's. You're right. It's terrible. It's a terrible excuse. It's a terrible way to look at things because um, I listened to another podcast um, by Andy Stanley, and he says um, that if you are doing something in an industry, regardless of what that is, so he's talking about running a church, but you know, running a retail business. Someone in that industry is already thinking of a way to do what you're doing better, smarter, more efficiently to improve their bottom line. And so we as small business owners, we think we're so busy and we are, Um, but we have to dedicate time where we pull away and say, who in my industry is doing something better than I'm doing right now? And what are they doing? And how can I, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. How can I do what they're doing? And how do I stay um, away from being stagnant, keep moving because what, so what we've seen in retail, um, in particular is people aren't shopping in malls anymore, right? So we know that I want to go to dinner and a little boutique and go get my nails done all in the same area, but I don't want to have to go to a mall to do that. Um, so we're trending into new shopping patterns, online shopping, all of these things. And we have, you know, especially once you've been in business for a long time, well, we've always done it this way. We've always had a location in the local mall. We've always set up at this festival. Well, let's look at real data. And so that's what She Leads does a lot is let's look at the real numbers behind the business, not how we personally feel about, I really love this festival or, (laughs) I, you know, I love our neighbors, so I don't want to move. Let's look at what our business data is telling us and then Mm -hmm. let's make decisions based on that, not based on, you know, again, how we personally feel. And so someone like us, a consultant coming in from the outside, I don't personally feel, you know, anything about your neighbors or... And so we can look at the data in a way that's actually useful um, and we can tell the data can tell us a story that it's hard to be told if you're the business owner. Right. And and it's ones and zeros. So it's not emotional. It's not subjective. It's completely objective. You know, we go to this conference every year. We spend twenty five, thirty thousand dollars on it and it makes us a lot of business. Okay, well, the numbers don't show that. Maybe you really like to go to Chicago and that's awesome. Maybe take a trip there for whatever reason, but don't invest in this particular conference. And I bring that up because we're going to a conference in <laughs> Chicago. So that's why that popped in my head. I'm not positive yet if it's going to be a bad idea, but we'll find out in a couple of months. But looking at real data, one of the things that I, I used to uh, joke with your mom about a lot is giving somebody a raise based on tender, ten, tenor, tenure, tenure. I couldn't get the word out for some reason. Uh, it, it makes it, it makes sense if you're going to be honest with them and tell them, I'm giving you this raise because you didn't get fired for a whole year. 
And, yeah. and she always thought that was that funny, but, but it's really true. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm rewarding you because you've successfully not gotten fired for now 15 years and 20 years. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep bonusing you or giving you promotions. You should be a senior VP because you successfully didn't get fired for 20 years. Yeah. But the guy that just started six months, he may be brilliant and maybe eventually your best employee. But you have rules that say, well, he's only been here six months, so he can only make 10% of whatever you make. Those are crazy, which in retail, small business especially, you have a lot more flexibility. And one of the things I would assume you face is, well, my cousin or aunt or niece or nephew or whatever has always worked for us. So that's why I pay her so much money. So sometimes you have to have those hard conversations, I would assume. Yeah, and it gets – it is. It's very complicated, and especially with – really small businesses, um, you're right that it, it starts out because you think, and as a small business owner, I think this too, um, who do I know that could do this? Right. You know, who do I know that I could give some business to? And it starts with the best of intentions and right. then it, it can work there. Are, we, Keith and I, my husband, um, we're partners in all of our businesses, obviously, and not just, you know, because the state of Texas is going to make us be anyway. Um, (laughs) but we, he's just smart. Yeah. He he got a good partner, (laughs) (laughs) but we, you know, we make all of our business decisions together. Um, and so it works. There are some couples that it, it doesn't work to have your wife or your husband helping you make business decisions. And, you know, especially as, as business owners, you have to be able to have these hard and transparent conversations with, your spouse, your cousin, you know, your grandmother, whoever it may be. (laughs) We have clients, you know, whose um, grandmothers clean their shops for them, you know, it's extra money. And then they get older, they can't do it as well. And that's, it's awkward. Absolutely. Yeah. It's awkward. Um, fire grandma. <laughs> yeah. Or we have to give grandma a pay reduction because we also have to bring in someone else or whatever it is. Um, but I think, you know, all of our clients um, are people of integrity. And so that's something that we are really careful about. We don't work with everybody that contacts us um, right. because I want to make sure that our, we're going to fit together. And so whenever you're working with people of integrity who really want the best for themselves, their businesses, and their employees, it's easier to have these conversations where, you know, not every conversation is going to end with a high five and an attaboy. Um, (laughs) And that's okay. And let's work through that. And if, you know, some relationships probably will end, um, most of your familial and really strong friend relationships can handle business breakups right? Um, if they're dealt with. And if you deal with them swiftly and you don't, <laughs> you know, dig your head in the sand for two years because you know the grandma's not cleaning right. your shop very well. Um, because then resentment builds for you, resentment builds for them. So let's, and that's what a lot of the, what a lot of, um, a lot of what we focus on is let's identify the truth about all of these matters. You know, if I'm going to work with you, we're not putting our head in the sand on anything. We're going to look at our true financial data. We're going to look at our true sales data. We're going to look at all of our processes. We're going to look at our employees and we're going to have these discussions and we're not going to do it all in one day (laughs) because then, yes, I would have no clients left. Um, But, you know, we're going to work through all of this because you can't have a successful business and have too many people on your bus, um, as we call it. And you can't have a successful business and be making really bad financial decisions. So we look at the whole approach. Um, and a lot of times it does, you know, involve awkward conversations of renegotiating contracts and right. breaking up with banks and, you know, all <laughs> of those things. But um, 
again, I think it's easier whenever someone else is telling you you have to or that you really should, that it just makes sense. Um, And then having someone that you know as a business owner is in your corner after you have this hard conversation with grandma that, you know, we're going to say that was the right thing. Right. And just having kind of someone to, one, hold you accountable, but two, really be on your side, not emotionally, you know, your Um, mom's mad at you for cutting grandma's salary. (laughs) Um, I find that a lot, too. In in my business, I always say, you know, you can blame me and I'm okay with that because this is not an emotional decision. But what I find, too, is if we don't get rid of that one problem employee, everybody else in the company knows about her or him. Mm -hmm. And they all feel such resentment about the fact they don't work that hard. They come in late, they leave early, they just do, you know, terrible work, they miss deadlines. Everybody else knows about it, including you, you're just not doing anything about it. But they're all looking at you like you're allowing it to happen. So what eventually happens is they all do the same thing. Well, he comes in late, and he just got a raise, I'll come in late, I'll do some of the work, but not all of the work. And that kind of problem, it, it's like a cancer. It grows in your company and it won't ever fix itself. You've got to just make that change and move on. And then you're going to find, and we talked about this a little bit before we recorded, that the people will come to you and say, I'm so mm-hmm. glad you got rid of so-and-so. They just weren't fitting culturally. And firing is not always a bad thing. No. You might be better off someplace else. Mm-hmm. We are better off and you're better off mm-hmm. by letting them go. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. And so we see this um, in our personal lives, you know, with friends who are working in totally different industries than what we deal with. Um, and like most things, I think cutting out the cancer, so to speak, is much <laughs> harder the the bigger you are. Right. Um, because, you know, there's more policies, there's HR people, you get, you know, really deep into stuff like that. Um, but for small business owners especially, you know, we have really – so we we'd call them seats on our bus – I'm not sure who we stole this term from. I think, I think it was our former boss in Tennessee. Um, or yeah, one of our consultants that we've actually worked with before. But anyway, so we call them seats on our bus and the smaller business, the smaller your bus. And so we might have eight seats on this whole bus. And so one person taking up one of those seats is a huge impact. And, and if they're a cancer, they're a huge strain on this business as, you know, resource wise, um, your, your company culture, yeah. obviously, with one person can be really heavily impacted the smaller your team. Um, and so that's one of the things that we try to work with our girls on or our ladies on is <laughs> really, call them girls. <laughs> not in she today's it, world. Not yeah, as long as she does it. <laughs> I can't even do it today, I don't think. Um, but yeah, so one <laughs> of the things that we really try to focus on with our clients is um, to assign or to draw out your bus with empty seats and then have your employees on a separate board and then one by one fill them in. And then we realize we might have no seat on the bus for somebody or we might have an empty seat and we have people that need a seat, but not that seat. Right. And that's where we really have to get into, you know, editing that down. And that's, again, it gets complicated. But a lot of times after you do that, you do. You have your employees come. They have they have respect for someone who has makes hard decisions. And right. they have respect for someone who's watching out for their company culture mm-hmm. and making it a better work environment for everybody. So it's difficult. But you don't typically regret having these hard decisions. Two of the main problems that we have is we put people in seats that they don't want to be in. And the other is putting them in seats that they're not qualified to be in, but that you just really, as the business owner, didn't 
want to put forth the legwork to find somebody to be right. in that seat. And so we see that a lot because, <laughs> again, we feel like we're so busy. Um, yeah. And, you know, gosh, it takes so much to find someone and I don't know them. And, you know, the devil, yeah. you know, you have all these <laughs> thoughts running through your head. And I really comment. know you and like you, so I'm going to let you do sure, it. Sure. <laughs> so I'm going to let you be my CFO. It's great. It'll work. Yeah. Um, so you don't know how to run a budget. Well, right. <laughs> right. Your personal finances are a mess, but you can run my... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So all these things, and especially with small business owners, because you know we we know people on a different level than maybe um, mom and her organization. Um, so it's hard, I think, because again, we feel so busy but we really have to have these crucial conversations um, where we say, this is my goal for you. What's your goal for you? Right. Are these aligned? Um, you know, a lot of our um, retail clients, especially, you know, they have a lot of really young people working for them because right. the hours are terrible <laughs> exactly. and, you know, and it's kind of shifty work, shift work. Shift. Um, and <laughs> Some so, of it's shifty. Yeah. Thanks for um, clarifying that for the pictures. <laughs> like, like at car dealerships and stuff. You yeah, know. it's just like that. Um, so, you know, sometimes just the nature of the job kind of creates who you're going to need to hire. Right. And so we were talking, we were talking about, um, you know, a $15 an hour employee gets you certain results. And so in the car dealership is a good example. Um, there are only certain types of people in a certain type of their life that are willing to work from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday with a random day off in the middle of the week. Um, right. And so, you know, you know, going into especially again retail, you're already limiting your hiring options. Um, right. And so we really, we just need to be aware of that and say, you know, somebody like Deanna, for example, who does is not going to work on weekends and <laughs> cannot work, you know, late at night. She's never, she's not going to work for us. So let's put that type of person off the table and right. let's look at someone who is willing to work these hours. You know, what are they motivated by? Are they motivated by money? Are they motivated by um other sort of flexibility? What are they looking for in a job? And then let's provide that. Let's actually take the time to look at our candidates. And then let's look at who we actually have in here. And are we having this strife in the workplace because we have somebody who is really resenting working on Saturdays or is really right. resenting working late and cannot be mediated? And if it can't, let's deal with it. Right. Um, because again, it's not worth dragging the rest of the team who is willing to work those hours and those times of days and things like that. It's dragging them down because it's making them feel like, am I wrong for being willing, you know, to work these hours? Should I not want this? Right. So let's just, let's handle it. Um. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, Back to the show. I find sometimes business owners too will just, well, you don't really want to work on Saturday, so I'm going to pay you more money. Well, now you've kind of obligated mm -hmm. yourself because now I've made $3 more an hour while my family needs it. So I'm going to work on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to hate it, oh. but I'm going to do it. 
And we do, and we see it so much in small businesses is we think, well, we're going to just throw money at this right? because we don't have the employee manual that maybe a bigger company has that says this position is only going to be in this scale. You know, we're making this up on the fly, which is another thing that we do (laughs) is we're not going to make things up on the fly anymore. Uh, You know, a cashier position is worth this in this area of the United States, period. And if you can't or won't or don't feel good about yourself working for that wage, totally okay but this isn't the bus for you and that's okay um and small business owners we really do struggle (laughs) with throwing money at things and so that's one of the things that we deal with pretty quickly with our clients is let's see all of the places where we're hemorrhaging money just to try to make things fit that Mm -hmm. really don't fit for us well my cashier makes forty eight thousand dollars a year but she's been with me for 20 years right and her drawer's never been short (laughs) (laughs) and and i can't promote her and i can't fire her i love her to death well she might be the most awesome person on the planet but you've got a cashier making forty eight thousand dollars a year you've got a problem in the way you've set up this business right and so we're actually you know dealing with something like that um in one of our businesses where Just the industry that we're in and the location that we're in, it can't afford really expensive managers. It hasn't been able to grow the way that we assumed it would be able to um, in the area. And so we're having to make, you know, hard decisions for all of us, you know, considering um, just the profitability of the business. And it's not sustainable the way that we have it set up. And that's hard and it's awkward and it requires (laughs) a lot of conversations and thoughts. Um, But if we eliminate two positions that the company just black and white cannot afford, everybody else gets to keep a job. If we don't, none of us have jobs in this, you know, in this business. And so which, which makes the most sense. And, you know, we're providing a service in the area that we're in. So we're not only affecting directly our employees, families with their paychecks, we're affecting everybody who we provide this service to. So it just makes sense to have these hard conversations. And so I think one of the things that's really good about with our clients is they know that we're walking the walk with them in our own businesses. You know, I'm not telling you to do something in your business that I haven't or won't do in my own. Um, And we're really transparent about that. You know, we've had multiple misfires, you know, in multiple (laughs) businesses that have been very humbling because we aren't bulletproof. And, you know, there's a lot of things as business owners that we can't control. I can't control the economy. I can't control... Um, cash for, for clunkers was a huge thing in buy here, pay here. It took out, um, possible inventory for us for years. It totally changed the game. Right. Um, and buy here, pay here. And so you can't control things like that. Um, of course a lot of we're clients, in Corpus Christi. Sometimes you get a hurricane. Exactly. A lot of our clients <laughs> are in Corpus and, you know, you can't control when a hurricane wipes out your storefront. Your landlord doesn't want to rebuild right. and your insurance company is fighting with you. And, you know, so we have to plan as best as we can for things like that. But I think, um, one of the things that I really try to stress with my clients, and it, you know, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit um, like we do um, and a lot of our clients do, one business that closes is not the end of the game for you, um, <laughs> not even close. And so, again, you know, we've had some businesses we've um, we've closed, we've had some we've sold, we've had some we've liquidated, and then we have plenty that are still operating successfully. And I right. think most entrepreneurs have stories like that. And, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, as absolutely. a consultant, being able to show these, you know, these people that we deal, that we work with, our first idea was not our best idea. <laughs> and our 10th idea was probably not our best idea. Yeah. Um, and we're still standing and I'm not going to go work for somebody else just because one thing didn't work. Right. Um, so I think giving them that hope of, 
it's okay if our numbers are telling us this location is not working or this model is not working. We have to totally redo something. That's okay. Like yeah. you're going to be okay, but not dealing with it doesn't make it go away. And it's <laughs> exactly. not going to all of a sudden make the numbers work. Absolutely. I think what's, what's really good about that too is every entrepreneur has a, jo- has a story of at least one business that failed. Almost all of them have way more than that, but at least one that this was the best idea ever and it just flopped. Mm-hmm. Maybe it didn't work where you were. Maybe it didn't work because of the way you were doing it or for whatever reason. But I also say a lot, you know, nobody has an iPhone one because at the time iPhone one was the greatest phone ever invented, but nobody has one now because they've improved it. You've got to do something one time before you find out the mistakes or how you can improve it. But not shipping uh, is, is always a big problem, not moving forward. We have, I'm in software. So we always talk about it being ready, not done because software is never done. It's only ready for you to use it and then immediately give us the 50 things that we didn't catch on it. We need to go back and, and redo. And we had, um, Dr. Phil Carlson on our show, not the TV show guy, but. A different Dr. Phil. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the business he's running today is actually a revamp of a failed business he had right. about 10 years ago, I think it was. And uh, I remember hearing somewhere that the average successful business person fails around 17 times before they actually make it right. That's probably about uh, right. And so, like, a pastor that we uh, both had or shared at one point uh, would say, well, you just need to fail a lot faster. Get those 17 mm, exactly. out of the way. Learn those lessons and, and go get that success. So I just thought I'd throw that in there while you guys are chatting. Well, and the um, the gentleman who runs here, not to totally put where we're at in, but the, um, <laughs> we have an economic development center in Corpus. And the gentleman who runs that says, you know, one of my jobs is to help these people fail fast. Yeah. Right. Because if you spend, again, you know, entrepreneurs are kind of, it's in our blood. <laughs> you know, I might work for somebody for a little while because like Jerry mentioned before, you know, we need a paycheck. <laughs> um, but I'm going to figure something out, right? I'm right. going to get this to work. I'm going to get something to work. And so he said, one of our jobs is let's fail fast. Let's oh, yeah. not spend two years of valuable brain power working on something that isn't going to work. Let's get right. it over with and get on to the next thing because all of these people, what these small business owners that we work with have in common, um, my dad is an entrepreneur, you know, what we all have in common is we are going to try enough iterations that something's going to work. And sometimes we just need somebody to point out to us, hey, this isn't it. Right. But that's okay because you're yeah. going to have another idea. Yeah. Well, those failures allow you to put up guardrails for the next time. Right. And right. A, a learning thing, negative bias, we remember mm-hmm. from those negative experiences a lot more impactfully than oh, yeah. the positive ones. Uh, you almost yeah. develop bad habits if you don't run into any strife uh, right. early and often <laughs> in your business ventures. So, yeah, those those negative experiences are like, oh, yeah, we never miss payroll because we did miss payroll in my other business that failed and yeah. everybody left. You know, <laughs> yeah. they they turns out everybody was here for a paycheck. As yeah. it turns out. And we were talking a little bit, too, about hiring and firing and, mm-hmm. and how hard a process that is, even at a, a large level. But in the small business, it's really hard because sometimes you're desperate. You really need a cashier. And so you compromise a lot of the things that you would do. And talk a little bit about finding out what seats you need makes it a lot easier to hire a person for that. Right. So one of the... um one of the exercises, <laughs> one of the exercises that we've gone through with a lot of our clients is a process called top grading. I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys are familiar mm-hmm. with it. And, um, so that kind of comes after the seats on the bus. But for the seats on the bus, you really have to look at, 
And there's resources online for this. We have some in our Sheely Dinner Circle that tell you if you have X amount of revenue, this is how much you should spend on payroll. This is depending on, you know, the type of business. This is about how many employees you need to get there. Um, but there are also a lot of other resources online that kind of help you decide how many seats do I have on the bus? How many of the, these seats make sense to be seats on my bus? How many of them are we're outsourcing? So, you know, especially today in 2018 with everything we get online, you have virtual bookkeepers, <laughs> you have virtual right. HR assistants, you know, all of these things. So for a lot of businesses, maybe it doesn't make sense to have, you know, these full-time seats on your bus, but let's pay a little more per hour, you know, to get them outsourced so that we're not paying their payroll taxes and they're yeah. not sitting in my office and things like <laughs> Taking that. Taking up a desk exactly. and a computer. Because <laughs> there's a cost associated with that that a lot of business owners don't even mm. calculate. Um, so we identify the seats on our bus basically on um, how many hours are we open? You know, what type of person are we looking for? Are these mostly college-aged girls? Because then you need part-time seats, right? right? And so we go through that whole process with our clients. And then, like I said, we fill in who we have, where they go, and then we identify the needs. And then we get into the HR conversations, <laughs> which are, so I have never had this work successfully for me or any of my clients, but people try this all the time where they say, okay, Susie, I've identified that the seat on your, or the seat that you're in on my bus is worth $18 an hour. You're currently making $22 an hour, so I'm going to scale you down to 18 right. I've never had that work um, because people are, believe that they're worth what they're currently getting paid. Right. So if we identify that someone is being paid too much, we have to deal with that. And, you know, I as a consultant, it's kind of like what you were talking about with pastoral counseling. <laughs> you know, I tell you what I have personally done or would personally do, but... You, this is yours right. and this is, and you take ownership of these decisions. So let's talk through what is recommended and then we will live with what you do and we'll make decisions based on how comfortable you are with asking someone to take a paid right. um, cut or finding someone new altogether. Um, and so as part of the top grading process, we also go through and we say, this is everybody that we currently have. Are they an A player? Are they a B player? Are they a C player? If they're a B player or a C player, you know, we typically try to rehab them if everything else is consistent. If right. they're on, if they're in the right seat, if their pay is appropriate for what we can afford, we try to get those people up because there is a cost in hiring people. <laughs> yeah. And in, you know, if you're a year in with someone, how many resources have you poured into them oh, and yeah. getting them ready and training and all of these things? So it almost always, if there's no other disciplinary, issues that you're dealing with someone, it makes sense to keep somebody you already have, right? right. I think that's Much common cheaper. knowledge. Much <laughs> cheaper. Um, but the problem is when we have empty seats and it feels so urgent that we have right. to fill it. We have to do it today. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just in this position this week with one of my businesses <laughs> where I need someone right now. Yeah. And then, of course, the reason in me is, but you're not going to hire someone who's not an A player, period. Right. Yeah. If you have an empty seat... Do not intentionally, this is what I tell my girlfriends who are single, like you don't want a fixer-upper, <laughs> yeah. I assure you, and you don't want it with that your employees either. Though. Right, It'll I work. mean, you know, especially down here in South Texas, I'm 30, I have to get married. Um, you know, the, whoever I'm dating, over. yes, whoever I'm dating currently, I'm going to make it work. And so we feel yeah. that way about employees sometimes. So, but if you're already, if you are looking for one, don't sign up for a fixer-upper. Only right. hire A players. And now... A totally separate discussion can be, you know, what to do when you've hired, when you've had a bad hire, because we all right. have bad hires. Mm -hmm. But don't openly, don't intentionally walk into a fixer-upper relationship. Yeah. 
So, Diana, since we've given away a lot of your content and your your advice for free already, <laughs> uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and get some consulting uh, for their small business, what's the best way for them to reach you and uh, what would be their, their expected process to get that going? Okay. So, the best way to get me, um, my name is really hard to spell. So, the easiest thing is <laughs> Look to- Look up on Facebook. Right. Like I, <laughs> I have a totally locked down Facebook for reasons <laughs> that Brandon just discussed. Um, <laughs> you got um, blocked by Diana no. too. <laughs> Um, She's Rob Lowe to me now. <laughs> we got two no who blocked you. I myself self-important. No. Um, but so the easiest way to get in contact with us is just to go to our website, which is sheleadsconsulting.com. Um, we have inquiries all over there about how you can get in touch with us, the different services we provide. Um, we also have the link to our free Facebook community, which is the She Leads Inner Circle. And so that's where business owners are just kind of coming together to share their own questions, concerns, um, feedback on what's going right and what's going wrong in their businesses. Um, so if you're a business owner or even if you're a manager or in any sort of leadership position, the group is for you. Um, we do a lot of, um, you know, we do a lot of book reviews. We talk about these are the management books that are really trending right now. This is um, kind of and we provide content on make sure you go through these steps in the books, stuff like that. Podcasts cool. they should listen to, like this one. Yes, podcasts they should listen to. Um, what else? Good thinking. Good thinking. There you go. We do a lot of really fun stuff um, in the group, just to kind of you know keep up the camaraderie. Because um, one of the things that I think is easy to do in small businesses to really feel like you're in this alone. And so if you're around <laughs> a bunch of other small business owners, right. you realize, and like Brandon and I have talked about, you know. We're all dealing with the same problems <laughs> over and over again. Um, and, you know, just having someone that says, I just did this six months ago and this is what worked for us. That's right. really cool. It's a cool place to be able to come to do that. Nice. Now, if somebody's thinking about starting a business and they're, they're, may, they're maybe working that corporate job, but they really want to <laughs> bust out. Is this the kind of thing that would help them too? Yeah. So this helps with a lot of people who most of our ladies already own a business or are, have decided like, I'm going to. So it's good. To, to have some feedback from people who have already kind of gone through that process. Right. And then it also, we have a lot of, um, like my friends in particular, my um, p- vendors that we've worked with in the past who kind of help them see, this is how I broke out from this full-time job into, you know, owning my own business. These are some things to consider. We have some right. free resources on that too. Just, you know, think about all, think about all these things and make sure that you have, you know, these questions answered and, don't just quit your job because you have a really good idea because you still have bills to pay. So yes, that's it's a good place for all of yeah, those kinds of questions. Yeah, if you listen to our show, you know you don't just dive right in. Yeah, you right. Stuff in place <laughs> first before you make that move. Especially if you're awesome. married, go home and talk to your spouse yes. and figure that whole thing out. <laughs> Let's yes. get a consensus there, if nothing else. Now, if you liked everything that we talked about in this episode, be sure to check out our show notes as soon as it's safe at beyondtherut.com/slash/one-two-eight. There you'll find a link for SheLeadsConsulting.com as well as the other resources that have been mentioned in this episode, how to reach out to Deanna and ask for her help. Now, we're so glad you joined us this week. And the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, that coworker, or that neighbor across the street. Some of you are tempted to share this episode with your boss. Do that with caution because if your boss can handle feedback, this is great. If your boss cannot handle feedback and you love your job, Maybe you hold off on this. 
or just play it really loudly in your office so that your manager can hear. Uh, <laughs> now I'm laughing at my own jokes. Great. Now, we also would love to hear from you. So if you haven't clicked on that link to email us and tell us about your story of getting beyond the rut, uh, do so. Info at beyondtherut.com. We'll even put that link in the show notes. So if you forget, but you went to our show notes, there it is. We're also on Twitter, at Beyond the Rut. Facebook, same thing. You're welcome to just comment anytime. Share us your input, your feedback, send us a message. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. It's how we kind of drive the show and adjust it. We hear from friends like Hans Anderson and Jamie Rodriguez and Stephanie Brevig. You, you guys are just, and, and Lisa Reynolds and Patty, you guys love giving feedback to us and it helps us uh, be reinvigorated and to find another topic that fits what you're looking for. And, and we want to hear from you. So if you haven't commented, if you haven't responded to us, do so. Just take a moment and say, hey, I love your show. I love this. I love that. Tell us what you'd like to hear more of, and we'll see if we can pull that together for you. And that's all we've got this week. So until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.